It's Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way, and Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe, on your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, the Horn. Hour number two on a Thursday edition of Light the Tower on the Horn, Jeff Howe, Cameron Parker, Specs text line is up at 337-3776. Appreciate all the well wishes, if you will, for my anniversary today after sharing that an inconceivable. Uh, and I'll give everybody a heads up this at the end of this segment before we go to break at around 11, we'll call it 11, between 1120 and 25 we'll give away a copy or one copy to give away today of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. So make sure you're tuned in around 20 after between 20 and 25 after for our giveaway today, our copy of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. If you don't win one today, get over to hornfm.com. You can win one on the website. We are giving away more magazines on the website this year than we have done before in previous years, so get over to hornfm.com and check it out. And be remiss if I didn't mention to get over to horns247.com, all kinds of recruiting stuff. New updated 24-7 sports rankings are out, so you can get over there and check out the new rankings. Uh, my man Hudson Standish runs it down for you where the Texas targets and commits for the class of 2024 rank in the latest recruiting rankings. So we'll get to the newest member of the Texas class coming up at the bottom of the hour. But right now, I want to jump back into Cameron's NBA free agency talk because Cameron will not be in tomorrow. So I'm with Cam. We'll do one segment a day for Cam on NBA free agency, but we'll we'll do two since he's not today, since he's not in tomorrow. Uh Cam, we talked about the guys that you know James Harden can opt out, the uh, potential Dame Lillard trade. Uh, Kyrie Irving is an unrestricted free agent. Uh, you got Fred Van Vliet is going to be on the market. So is Draymond Green. What, of the free agents available, who's the guy that's going to really shake things up by signing elsewhere, by going to a new team for the 2023-24 season? Out of those guys, I think it would be Draymond Green because I don't think the Warriors, without Draymond Green, are the Warriors, even with Chris Paul. Now, you could argue that the Chris Paul signing was kind of a backup plan if Draymond decides to go elsewhere. Mm-hmm. It, it sounds like he's leaning towards re-signing with Golden State after opting out of his contract. Now, another team could try and match it and offer something a little bit higher than what Golden State was thinking of and force Golden State to match it instead. You know, maybe put Golden State in a little bit of a in a tizzy with, with their contracts because they owe a lot of money to Steph Curry. Or they owe a lot of money to Clay Thompson. He's going to get $40 million this yeah. next year. They did help themselves out by unloading Jordan Poole's awful contract. But <laughs> if Draymond decides, you know, they, they if, if Sacramento offers him, hey, we're going to give you four years, $118 million, what does Draymond do? Does he want to go someplace else, get that last check? Because this is probably going to be his last big contract, Jeff. You look at how old he is. He is he's in his you know kind of getting close to his mid thirties. I think he's thirty. I want to say he's thirty. He's thirty three years old. Offensively, he's not the same guy that he was during uh, the 2016, 2017, 18 Warriors. He's still defensively just as good. But you got to think you know by the time he's thirty six, thirty seven years old, what will Draymond Green look like? So are you if you're another team, are you willing to offer that? You know maybe Golden State will match it no matter what. But it's I'm interested to see. What does Draymond do? Because if the Warriors do bring Green back and they add 
maybe one more piece outside of Chris Paul. You know, I like what they can become. I think they'll be back to being contenders. But that's the guy for me that I'm curious to see. If you go someplace else, that could drastically change what the Western Conference looks like going forward. You remember, uh, this is probably back 2006, 2007, when, uh, actually it's probably later than that maybe, when Ben Wallace left the Pistons yeah. and signed that massive, yeah. what was it, like six six for 60 with the Bulls mm-hmm. or whatever it was, and how Ben Wallace like just fell off a cliff. I, I, I can see something similar happening with Draymond because I think the the culture and you know the Draymond shtick, like everybody in that organization understands like what he is and how he fits in with everything. And not to say that Ben Wallace was you know a bad guy or anything like that, but I think there's a, a, a cultural fit, there's a, a, a team fit. It's just it, it it just works out perfectly. Why would you disrupt that? I could if if Draymond were to leave, I could see something similar happening as what happened to Ben Wallace. And think about all the you know off court issues Draymond's had. Right this past season, you had the Jordan Poole punch. Right that probably how quickly we forget about that. How that that probably cost the Warriors this season. Right because you think about how Jordan Poole played this year, especially in the playoffs. Yeah, I I fully believe that there is still some tension between him and Draymond Green. I mean, right after Poole was traded. He unfollowed Draymond Green on all social media. You can't tell me that Poole and Green's relationship was fine. Think about the KD stuff, right? With him and KD got into that that screaming match in the middle of a game. And KD said after he left, yeah, things weren't the same after me and Draymond got into it. So the Warriors organization, they have given Draymond Green so much leeway because they know how much of a leader and how much of a competitor he is and how important he is to winning. That's the Warriors. If he goes to Sacramento, right, and he gets into it with Sabonis or De'Aaron Fox or Mike Brown, the Kings may be like, hey, that worked in Golden State. That worked under under Steve Kerr and with Steph Curry and Bob Myers. But, hey, that stuff does not work here. I'm curious what happens because he is such an abrasive competitor and an abrasive individual that another, another organization, they may not let that happen. It may not fly like it has with Golden State. Dennis Rodman might be a better comparison for Draymond. Because if you look at Dennis Rodman's career, you know you had a coach in Chuck Daly when he was in Detroit. You had a coach in Chuck Daly that really understood how to handle Dennis yeah. Rodman. But you also had some pretty strong personalities on that team too. Isaiah Thomas and Joe Dumars, et cetera, just go down the list of those bad boys Pistons. You know, Dennis Rodman, you know, Greg Popovich, when Pop was the GM in San Antonio trying to rein him in, they were that was oil and water. It just didn't mix. Yeah. Rodman goes to Chicago again, gets with a guy like Phil Jackson that understands how to control him. And the go back and watch the last dance if you haven't. And and I remember because I was very basketball conscious at the time. Dude, the Bulls put up with a lot during their three years with Dennis Rodman. A he, lot. He went to Vegas for a weekend with Carmen Electra. <laughs> the during during the NBA Finals, the guy was on Monday Nitro, hanging out with Hulk Hogan. Like during the playoffs, during the playoffs, Cam, can you imagine if that happened today? Like, hey, I'm gonna go hang out with I don't know, pick your wrestling superstar. I'm gonna go hang out with. Roman Reigns on SmackDown Friday. Oh, by the way, yeah, we got Game Three on Saturday, but that doesn't matter. Like, dude, Twitter would explode, social media would explode. We didn't have that back in the day with Dennis Rodman, but and you got you got to credit Phil Jackson because he knew that was how Dennis Rodman needed to unwind. Yeah, 
That's how he unplugged, was going off and doing this crazy stuff. That's how he was able to refocus. But it, did, it didn't work in San Antonio, didn't work in, in L.A. And How long was Dennis Rodman a Maverick? Like probably five minutes? Twelve days? <laughs> Something like that. It wasn't very long. Uh, but the, that's kind of Draymond. Some places it'll work. Some places it, it, they just won't stand for it. So uh, anything else, Cam, on, on the NBA free agency, the guys that are going to be free agents that are impending free agents? Chris Middleton's one guy I wanted to get your take on. Yeah. you think he ends up back in Milwaukee? So he opted out of this contract. Now, Milton's a guy, he's had his injury issues. This is also kind of like Draymond, where if he wants to get one more big contract, it probably has to be this year or else, you know, who knows with his health. He had a chance to make at least $40 million this year inside of the opt-out. Now, Milwaukee does have bird rights, which means that they can offer Chris Milton more money before any other team. So, you know, he's been a big part of the Bucks run. You know, he was a big reason why they were able to win the NBA Finals a few years ago. A big reason why this last season, you know, they didn't have a greatest year is because Middleton could not stay healthy. And then, of course, Giannis has that back injury against, I believe it was Chicago. So for Milwaukee, if they don't re-sign Middleton, I don't know what they're going to do this season, but I'm curious what other teams would do. What are they going to offer Middleton? Honestly, it's just up to him. Does he want to go back and win a ring? Or Will another team offer him some money? Because if he wants to make less money and go someplace else, he can. But if he wants to make the most money, he needs to stay in Milwaukee. And he's a big part of that core. And another guy, also Brooke Lopez. He's also a free agent. That was agent. the next guy I was going to ask you about. Yep. He had a really good season defensively for Milwaukee. He works really well in that offense alongside Drew Holiday, Giannis, and Middleton as just the guy. He roams around in the paint. You know, he, he cleans up rebounds, offensive rebounds, putbacks, gets a lot of points. Off of, off of pick and rolls where he's just wide open in that dunker spot, he's a guy that can get a big contract from another team. There's other teams out there, you know, that they could offer him a lot more money than Milwaukee can afford because they're they got to re-sign Middleton. So Lopez and Middleton are, are two guys for Milwaukee. I'm watching because it feels like going into next season, the East is I think fairly wide open. Jeff, there's not a there's not a single team where in the West it's like it's the Nuggets. Nuggets are the team to beat. In the East, I know Miami just reached the finals, but unless they make a big move for, like, Dame Lillard, Mm -hmm. you know, Kyle Lowry is getting older. You know, they don't really have uh, another guard. I mean, you know, we've heard about Max Struess. He's probably going to get a big offer from someplace else in in free agency. You're relying a lot on on Tyler Hero. So the East, I think, is pretty wide open. I know Boston, you know, traded for Chris Stops. I'm still not sold on that team. So it feels like the window... For Giannis and the Bucks, it's still wide open, but that could change if Milton goes someplace else and someone else poaches Brooke Lopez. How's this grab you? I've seen you know, his. He's got a, a subscription Substack, so I can't uh, can't look at that right now. But Mark Stein, longtime NBA reporter, mm-hmm. very very good NBA reporter. Uh, Mark Stein has been insinuating that the the Rockets on, on when when you know, things open for business tomorrow could agreed to deals with Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks. Yeah. How's that grab you? If you're a Rockets fan, how would you feel about that, Ken? It depends on uh, what is the Rockets' window here with Udoka. Are they trying – if they're trying to be for real contenders starting next year, I think it's a good move. If they're still trying to figure out what they want to do with their backcourt because they, they got a lot of guys on their roster in the backcourt, and I'm curious to see how it works out with – because you got Jalen Green – you drafted, drafted Thompson, you know, who 
He has a high ceiling. You got Cam Whitmore at 20, but he's a high usage uh, ball handler type of player. Van Fleet, kind of the same way. You know, he's going to get a big contract, I think, from Houston if he decides to go there because he's another type of guy, kind of like, you know, Chris Middleton, Draymond Green. It may not be his last big contract, but he's going to the market because he wants to get a big max deal from another team, possibly three, four years. Now, for the Rockets, you know, I, I asked. I think the, it was, the rumor for Fred Van Vliet is five for eighty-five. It's a lot of money. Yeah, it's a lot of money. I, I talked with. We talked it's with Keenan Womack. It's the rumor and innuendo out there. Was it Keenan Womack yesterday on on Chad's show about you know what move would you like to see the Rockets make if they're going to move someone because you know they also don't forget about Jabari Smith Jr. He was someone mm-hmm. that you know he kind of got a little bit better at the end of the year, but also the, the Rockets' offense was so. I'm trying to think of the right word for it, Jeff. There, there, it was so unorganized. And I think Udoka will bring organization to that locker room. He'll bring defense. That's for sure. You know, just also make sure your front office wives are, are locked up. Be <laughs> do some, do some of these young pieces they have, though, back to what we talked about in the first hour, do some of these pieces, can it, is it possible like a Cam Whitmore or whoever is part of some kind of sign and trade with James Harden? That's true. And I wonder if that could be on the option as well, on the table as well for Van Vliet because if you sign Van Vliet, Rockets, this this is your projected depth chart. You got KPG at point guard, Jalen Green at shooting guard, Amin Thompson backup point guard, and now you got Van Vliet in there. So Van Vliet starting at point guard as well. That that's a lot of guards. It's a lot of guards, and it's similar to what Portland's in, right? With their situation, it's like, are we going to keep Dame Lillard? Yeah. Or are we going to move away from these guards and focus on one player? True. Uh, anything else, Cam, before we uh, wrap up today's NBA free agency talk? Have you gotten your LeBron James Mavericks jersey yet? Uh, I, I I got that the day I heard the rumors come out. Yeah, I was, the, only, the only decision for me to make was whether it was going to be 6 or 23. And I went ahead and bought both, just so I'm prepared. Okay. No. <laughs> Come on, Cam. Don't if, okay. There's somebody. There's somebody listening right now that just took you 100 percent seriously. Let me let me or ask you this. 100 seriously. Bronny James going to be a freshman at USC this next season. Uh, I'm assuming he's only going to play one year. I'm not sure how good of a player he's going to be. The Mavericks have a draft pick, early second round. Are you taking Bronny James with the idea that hey, you know maybe LeBron. He'll play, his, or, he'll play his one season here with Los Angeles, and then he'll be a free agent. Maybe he'll come to Dallas. Are you asking me if Mark Cuban is willing to spend a draft pick on, on a bit? Absolutely, 100%. Okay. That's a possibility. But that, are, are you, that's the are most you likely thing. Mark Cuban, Mark Cuban in that Mavs front office, regardless of who it is, doing a bit in the draft with the second round. This is the same organization, Cam, that, that once drafted Sotnam Singh. <laughs> <laughs> who I believe now, isn't he on AEW? Isn't he wrestling on Wednesdays and Fridays? I'm not sure. I think he is. I thought I saw Sotnam sing on my TV. Uh, yeah, they're, the Mavericks are always willing to do a bit. So the Mavericks, they do not have any second-round picks this this next season because they traded it, the Sacramento Kings, for Jaden Hardy, who Hardy could have a really good year this year. I'm, yeah, I'm high that's, on Hardy. That's, but been, that was actually, that's actually a good, smart move by, that the Mavs made. If the Mavericks, the Mavericks only will retain their first round pick this next season if it's one through ten because it was traded to New York. So it's protected top ten pick, but besides if it goes from eleventh to thirtieth, it will fall back to New York. So Dallas really does not have their own 
first round draft. And is that still season. is that still a pick that's bouncing around from the Kristaps trade? It could be. Good lord, Dude, that's might, what, that's the thing, man. With these, because you know you can't trade consecutive picks, and then you've got protections on picks, and uh, yeah, it's man, it's wild. I, I can't keep track of what picks these trades, what picks these trades were involved in. Is there any what free trades agent? these picks were involved in? Did I say that right? If there's any free agent, I mean, I know Kyrie's probably the only move Dallas can make. But is there any other free agent that you have your eye on? No, the Mavericks, because no, no, because for the for the, the thing you just said, I, I don't know what else they can do. They made that trade for Rashawn Holmes, pretty much. I think he makes twelve million this year, thirteen million next year. They got off the Burton's contract, which will help with the Kyrie mm-hmm. extension. But Mavericks are the only team that can offer Kyrie uh, a max contract. If he goes to the Lakers, it would have to be that mid-level exception for twelve million dollars, which I do not think Kyrie would take unless he's really desperate to win a ring but it sounds like Kyrie's going to run it back with Dallas for the next few years at least I mean you know re-signing Dwight Powell could they do that or would they let Dwight Powell walk like I I don't know there's there's not a ton the Mavs can do to rework what they've got they they can extend Dwight Powell through tomorrow tomorrow's remember that that's that deadline to extend I've I've been under the impression for months now that Dwight Powell's time as a Maverick has come to an end. Which could explain the Rashawn Holmes trade as well. Right. Okay, uh, that's going to do it. Cam, thank you for preparing some NBA talk today, and we'll get back to that uh, on Wednesday when you're back with us. Nice little break for one Cameron Parker. But right now, before we take our break, yes, it is time. We have to give away a copy of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. And since we were talking about LeBron in the last segment, why don't we make caller number six? You're going to want a copy of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Cam. Give them the hotline number, please, sir. 512-447-3776. Do not call the text line. 447-3776 is the number you want to call. Call right now. Be caller six and want a copy of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Take a break. Come back. Flex update and a Longhorn notebook on the other side on Light the Tower. On the Horn, live, local, and digital. On the Horn app and hornfm.com. Cameron, this could be your anthem. You're from North Carolina. You did find the clean version of this song, right? It says clean. Okay. Guess we'll find out here in a second. Light the tower on the horn, Jeff Yeah, direct Howe. all FCC complaints to at Jeff Howe 247 on Twitter. Thank you. Yeah, I'll take it. It don't matter. Uh, thank you, Big Craig, for hitting me up on the Twitter machine. I knew I saw... Thank you. Okay, I heard I heard a bleep go in there. Um, we're good. We're good. Yeah. Greenville, North Carolina. Shout out East Carolina University. Yeah. Um, I've been to Greenville. Thank you, uh, Big Craig, on the Twitter machine for letting me know, confirming that Sotnam Singh is, in fact, in AEW. I thought I saw him on my TV, man. I was like, that former Maverick great, Sotnam Singh, wrestling now? So, yeah, apparently he's moved on to the world of sports entertainment, Sotnam Singh has. Uh, I don't know if we're going to talk sports entertainment. Probably not. I, I might talk it when I'm on with Chad and Cam at, at 105 today. But for right now, we've got to talk. You're going to be in studio for that? I will be in Let's studio go. for that. I'm going to go get me some lunch before then, but yeah. Okay. By the way, I I think this is like my ninth cup of water today. Um, What are like really like the negative effects of drinking too much water and like holding your 
holding your yellow water in. You just got to pee a lot? They're really bad for it. Yeah. Once you break the seal, it's like it's just going to be nonstop throughout the day. That's what yeah. happened to me yesterday because I was trying to avoid the dry throat. So I just overconsumed water. It just seemed like every like 10 minutes I was having to run to the bathroom. Which is technically good for you, but it's also just a pain in the butt when you got to pee every 15 minutes. I'll tell you this. I don't mind it because I always go back to the two that really it's kind of the only advice my, my Nana gave me before she left this mortal world. Two pieces of advice. One, always empty your bladder before you get in the car because a full, a full bladder can rupture if you have an accident. So always empty your bladder. Okay. And when you're going somewhere, always pack more underwear than you think you need. <laughs> Never be caught without somewhere without extra underwear. And that's two pretty, that's two pretty solid pieces of life advice, Cam. You yep. don't want to rupture bladder, and you don't want to have to turn your turn your drawers inside out. Speaking of, you know, car crashes, you ever done, and, you ever done that one? Have to turn your drawers inside out because you didn't take extra underwear. No, fortunately not. No, but thank thank goodness for like a Sam's Club card or a Costco card. Let's go buy me some more drawers. Usually, if I'm going anywhere in vacation, it's an Airbnb, and we make sure that bad boy has a laundry, laundry and dryer. Speaking of car crashes and ruptured bladders, I'm not sure if you're familiar with CBS Austin's Avery Tomasco's, but did you see at all his Twitter thread from a couple days ago? He was leaving daycare. This is probably inconceivable. Worthy, so I'm kind of spoiling it ahead of tomorrow. But no, you're not he here was, tomorrow, so go ahead and lay this out. If you want to play some Herb Alpert under this, I wouldn't <laughs> object. But. He was picked up his daughter from daycare. Guy sideswipes his his front fender, not yielding on Mopac. <laughs> so Avery turns into you know a parking lot. Guy follows, gets out of his car, taking pictures. The guy charges at him, throws a haymaker. Avery dodges it, gets hit in the shoulder. Fortunately, there's an off-duty cop nearby, comes over, stops everything. The guy then claims to the, the cops that it was actually Avery who hit him. He didn't throw a punch, all this stuff. Well, Avery, smart enough, has a dashboard camera, captures oh. the whole thing because the cops is basically just he said, she said, you know? Yeah. And at that point, they're not going to do anything. Dashboard camera captures the guy trying to punch him in the face. Dude has a warrant out for his arrest. So for those out there driving, just be careful because people are unhinged. Dude, people in this city, dude, and I know Austin drivers get a bad rap, but but we, and I'm throwing myself in here, we have earned this one. People in this city do not know how to merge no. at all. That is my biggest pet peeve with driving around the greater Austin area. Nobody knows how to merge properly. Well, you don't, you don't learn it in driver's ed. You don't learn it when you're out driving anymore. I mean, there's some states where, I think, say to Georgia, you don't have to take driver's ed in person. You can do everything online now because of COVID. And people wonder why there's so many accidents and why the numbers of deaths on the roads go up. I mean, you can definitely point at, you know, driving under the influence and texting, but also people just straight up don't know how to drive because they don't learn anymore, Jeff. Yeah. And the thing about it is the car companies, they make too much money. So it's they're they're never going to get to a point where they're going to take less drivers off the road because, eh, well, it hurts their stock. So one more NBA note. Stoner That's brought- why I ran on. Driving, Thank you, Kim. It's uh, Cameron Parker. What's what grinds his gears? Uh, Stoner mentioned uh, we we're talking about Mavericks free agency, what they're going to do, and there's not a whole lot they can do. Um, early, and I'm reading this from CBS Sports. This is aggregated, but it says earlier this week, Chris Haynes reported uh, that the Phoenix Suns are planning to keep DeAndre Ayton. That was generally seen uh, as an admission that they weren't finding any worthwhile trades, rather than an endorsement of the big man. Sure enough, Mark Stein reported 
Tuesday that the team almost sent Aiton to the Mavericks during the draft per Stein. The deal would have been Aiton to Dallas in exchange for Tim Hardaway Jr., Rashawn Holmes, and JaVale McGee. However, the Suns were not interested in taking on McGee, and the deal fell apart. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I don't think the the Suns' return for Aiton is what they want it to be. And also, if you're a Mavericks fan, Aiden has that wouldn't have been very too exciting like, for me. I'm sorry, Aiden has not been good in the playoffs, Jeff. He's been he's been tough to well, watch. The Mavericks have to get back there first. He, he's a guy that he disappears that. in some series. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, that, that's a fair point. But for a team that wants to make the next step, Aiden has not been helpful to the Phoenix Suns the last two years. True, and True. a lot a lot of people get on Chris Paul for the the series, the, the collapses, and everything. You watch back the last two playoff years for the Phoenix Suns. Watch the games. You'll forget DeAndre Ayton, the number one pick in the draft a few years ago, is on the floor at times. There was yeah. times against the Clippers in the playoffs this year that they went to Jock Landell, and Landell was making a bigger impact on the floor than DeAndre Ayton. So you're I think about as a, the, the nature boy Buddy Landell? Is that who we're talking about? Exactly. Here? As a Mavericks fan, I would not be too worried about not landing DeAndre Ayton. Although, you know, giving up Tim Hardaway Jr. isn't isn't that bad. I think it's a it's a pretty good deal for Dallas, but you're also taking on DeAndre Ayton's contract, and honestly, Ayton's the type of guy, he has the talent, he has the skill, Jeff, I just don't know what's going on in his head. Boy, how much, how bad does the top of that 2018 draft hurt when you see Luka went at three and DeAndre Ayton went number one and the Kings took Marvin Bagley at two? Oh, Bagley went two? Bagley went two because the reports were out at the time that Vlade, Vlade Divac, who was Man. running the Kings, and Luka's dad... Apparently did not. I don't know if they didn't like each other or Vladi didn't like Luca's dad. There was drama involving Vladi and Luca's dad. I've slept since then, so I forget what it was. But basically, Luca fell to three. Man, can you imagine Sacramento with De'Aaron Fox, Sabonis, and Luca Doncic? Oof. And how about Atlanta taking Trey Young? Right. Remember the trade between Atlanta and Dallas? Right. Mm-hmm. Mavs so, got so, Luca. Atlanta takes. Atlanta takes. That was Trey uh, Young at number four, right? Atlanta takes Luca at three. And then the Mavs take Trey Young at five, and then there's the, the five. Okay. Who went number four? Jaron Jackson Jr. So not okay. terrible, but no defensive player he, of the year. He, well, he year. and Trey Young. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I think Memphis is better off with Jaron Jackson than Trey Young. Shy Gill just Alexander went eleven in that draft, by the way. First team All NBA last year mm-hmm. and future NBA champion with the Thunder. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, thanks for the flex. Thanks for the good NBA. I, talk we game. really yeah, got off track. Let's, there. let's get let's get to the flex. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. Shout out to Dr. Eckert and Brain Vault uh, for their sponsorship of the Flex segment. Uh, nobody got tased last night during the season finale of the Flex show, but Cam, you guys had a show nonetheless. We had a great show. Um, shout out Zach Lucero and Owen Hogan for their hard work uh, this season on the Flex show. We had uh, four-star wide safety Adrian Wilson, who recently just committed to TCU. He's class of 2025. He came in studio. Did you do the hand test with him? Uh I did not. He did the wingspan test with J.J. Mays, a sophomore 
offensive lineman at Weiss. He's was, six foot three. Uh, on our all flex, yeah. our all flex team last year. All six flex three, two seventy five. He's uh, he's been in those Texas pool parties. Mm-hmm. He's a guy as a Texas fan. He has, I think, Kyle Flood's build, Jeff. I think maybe, you know, add a little bit more weight, and I think he'll he'll probably secure an offer from Texas. You, you probably have more info on that, but he's already been offered by Baylor, Nebraska. He's a guy that's going to get a lot of looks, especially after this season as he gets bigger and gets older. And the, the Wise guys, they, they have a lot of talent, but it was a great show. Adrian Wilson, you know, he's a four-star receiver. A guy, he's ranked top three in the state, Jeff, in terms of wide receivers. I'm curious. Uh, he's met with Chris Jackson in Texas, has not gotten an offer yet, but I'm curious if he does end up getting that offer in state from the Longhorns. But Weiss is a really fun team to watch this next season. But they were two great guys in studio. If you missed the episode on uh, the Flex ATX podcast, hornfm.com, the podcast page, or just search Flex ATX on uh, wherever you get your podcast. Had a great talk about NIL, uh, new coaching staff coming in at the Weiss Wolves program, uh, going up against Will Hammond. Hammond, you know, he's a mm-hmm. guy that we talked about a few days ago, Jeff. Uh, Josh Pate said he was the best quarterback in the League 11. Yeah. He's a guy that committed to Texas Tech. Talked about a little, little bit about Texas Tech. There, um, a lot of recruits have a lot of good things to say about Lubbock and Joy McGuire's program. As a Longhorn fan, you probably don't want to hear that. Um, but, hey, it's just a fact. But it, it was a great conversation with those two guys. Uh, two great, great kids. Very respectful. Uh, fun behind the microphone and excited to watch them this season at Weiss. And also uh, looking forward to our summer break before the next Friday Flex show, which starts up the week before high school football season begins. But uh, subscribe to the Flex ATX podcast, Jeff, because there's going to be a few, I think, some few episodes coming out. They won't be live on the air, but might be some guys, maybe Jalen Gilbert. He might pop in for a Flex ATX podcast. And we are unveiling our Flex ATX watch list for the 2023 season sometime, sometime this month. So subscribe to Flex ATX and check out FlexATX.com. Thank you for that, Cam. And you mentioned Texas Tech, so that'll roll nicely into this hour's edition of the Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. We'll get to Daniel Cruz in a minute, but Cam, I want to wrap this up. Uh, and, and you can actually, if you listen to the Longhorn Blitz podcast this week, this is the bulk of what we talked about. But we started this conversation yesterday. I wanted to wrap it up today. Is Texas the surefire, clear-cut number one team to beat in the Big 12? And I think almost, I said yesterday almost by default. It's no knock on what Texas has because I've told everybody what I like about this roster, what I like about Sark. I think in the preseason you have to consider that because uh, everybody's either you've either got teams that were at the top of the league last year sliding back a little bit, teams that were in the middle or toward the bottom. We don't really know. Cam, I want you to do this. Uh, and you don't have to include the newcomers if you don't want to. Give me one Big 12 team that you feel like is on. Because, look, whether it was TCU last year, Baylor two years ago, uh, or go back to Baylor in 2019, Iowa State in 2020, there's going to be one of those teams that goes from like a six or seven win team to competing for a conference championship. Cam, who's that one team for you that's on the rise? The arrow is pointing up clearly. And who's that one team for you in the Big 12 that the arrow is clearly pointing down? Pointing down is Oklahoma State. Lost Spencer Sanders to... Where do you end up again, Jeff? Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Where he might be the number three quarterback on the depth chart. Yikes. Um, Oklahoma State lost a lot of players to the portal. I think they were hit pretty, pretty hard. Um, I don't know what's going on with Mike Gundy and that coaching staff. Does not seem like things are going well, but Gundy always 
finds a way to yeah, win football yeah. games. We talked about that on the Blitz this week. It, it does, to me, Mike Gundy right now, it feels a lot like Gary Patterson at the end at TCU. Very, very different circumstances, mm-hmm. but the overall gist of it is at, at some point are you just at a place too long before everybody needs a change. Everybody just needs something fresh. You need something fresh. The school needs something fresh. The players need something fresh. The the where it gets amplified with Mike Gundy is how many bear traps is this guy going to step in yeah. before there's one that he just can't get out of? Exactly. You know, and, and, and I don't. I'm going to turn this into a political conversation, but it, it's just it's misstep it. after misstep after it. misstep. It's a part of it. Yeah, it's a misstep after misstep after misstep. I mean. The him wearing the OAN shirt. Say what you want about that, but the big part of that was he and Chuba Hubbard now are few. You know his his All American running back makes it very clear on social media that he's not happy with what his head coach did, and that leads to this big powwow that they had before that 2020 season started. And now you've got him, you've got Gundy, you know, beefing with reporters, and you've got you know his reluctance to to buy into the portal and NIL. It just I don't know, maybe the current college game and the current student-athlete, maybe it's just passing Mike Gundy by. I say that, and maybe Oklahoma State wins eight or nine games. I don't know. It just feels like it feels like Mike Gundy's time at Oklahoma State at this point is not very long. There was four Big 12 teams that ended the season on a losing streak of three games or more, Jeff. Oklahoma State's one of them. Mm-hmm. Baylor lost four in a row. Kansas lost four in a row. Iowa State lost three in a row. Now, Kansas is a team, maybe it's just the story. It's fun to talk about. And Jalen Daniels is just so much fun to watch. I feel like they're a team that, I mean, they finished three and six in the conference last season. I think they can get more wins considering you're adding Houston, Cincinnati, and BYU, Central Florida. I don't even know what's on their schedule yet. Actually, it, for next a, year. a healthy Jalen Daniels is really what Kansas needs, if we're being honest, Cam. And I, it sounds weird to say this. I put them in the same boat with Oklahoma, what we talked about with Oklahoma yesterday. It's going to be really hard for Kansas to be worse defensively than they were last year. So maybe just by default they get a little bit better, but it's not like you can see Oklahoma being like a top, uh, you know, you can see Oklahoma drastically improving because Oklahoma has the talent to improve. Yeah, my next question for Or at least they've had the access to it. Kansas, you've just kind of got the pieces you've got. Oh, you was a team that – Defensively, they can't get much worse. Do you think they take a next step this next year under Venables in year two? Uh, where I think Oklahoma needs to improve, and this goes back to some of those Mike Stoops defenses we saw. There, for, From what I remember of Oklahoma secondaries, of a Roy Williams, a Derek Strait, a Brodney Poole, guys like that on the back end, to see Oklahoma secondary talent now and where it is, that's the area where they got to fix stuff. That secondary is so bad. Uh, their, their corner play is, is is abysmal. Their safety play leaves a lot to be desired. Uh, and and you know, everybody's looking for pass rush anywhere you can get it. I, I don't think they've necessarily, whether it's been Isaiah Thomas or, or Jalen Redman or, or uh, Ronnie Perkins, Nick Benito, they haven't had a problem recruiting guys that can get after the quarterback. It just seems like they they haven't been able to tie the front end with the back end, and I think a lot of that is because they're they just quite frankly have not been good in the secondary. So until I see some signs that they've got improved personnel on the back end, Cam, I, I think they'll be better. Uh, I think they'll be more versed in what Venables wants to do. So I think by that alone they'll improve. 
the the ceiling though, kind of like what we talked about Texas a little bit. I think the ceiling for that Oklahoma defense is going to be what do you get out of that secondary? Texas does though have a, a lot better pieces to work with though in the secondary than Oklahoma does. My team that I think might you know be rising up, I think it's Texas Tech and Joy McGuire. That's you know that's Tech is the kind of. It seems like Tech is becoming the trendy pick to, once Texas and Oklahoma are out of the league, to become maybe the team that can carry the flag for the Big 12. They, they're they're the, I'm not saying they will, but they're the trendy pick to, to be that team. And I'm curious if it'll stay that way because what Joey McGuire is doing there, his success recruiting-wise, and they're going, they're going full on in in NIL, Jeff. And that's a big reason why you yeah. know they've had some good recruiting success the past couple of years. I thought they closed the 2023 class really strong. 2024 class, you know, they're leading for Micah Hudson. If he were to commit today, it would probably be Texas Tech. We'll see how that changes throughout the entire season. But, yeah, I'm with her. They ended the season on a four-game win streak. I feel like they have a good culture there. Now, week two, Oregon. And that'll be a good litmus test. They do host Oregon at AT&T Jones, whatever it's called, stadium. John so, Jones AT&T. Joe Jones AT&T. I'm curious how they look in that game. Uh, Who's their quarterback? Is it going to be uh, Tyler Shuck? Yeah, sounds like it's going to be Tyler Shuck. Who yeah. he's hasn't been able to stay healthy. That's that's been the, the, the biggest for them. Uh, I was looking at Oklahoma's depth chart. the The pieces that they've got that intrigue you for Oklahoma are young. They're young guys. Uh, you know, they did get Trace Ford in the transfer from from Oklahoma State. Um, but you know, Deshaun McCullough, the transfer from Indiana at that second level, Jaron Koenig is a guy that you know was Brent Venables recruiting at Clemson, played a little bit last year. Uh, Gentry Williams at corner as a sophomore. How much do you see Pey- can Peyton Bowen help them yeah. as safety? And then they've got guys, you know, Key Lawrence was a Tennessee transfer. It seemed like four or five years ago. Uh, Woody Washington has been there for a minute. You know, Billy Bowman, Cam, we know he's talented, but. It just haven't seen Oklahoma be able to put it together. Like I said, the the pieces are there for Oklahoma to to make a more drastic improvement than Kansas. Kansas just kind of has what they have, and you know, it, it really comes down to them needing to outscore people in the Big Twelve. Out of the new additions to the Big Twelve, what is one team you think that can immediately contend for the Big Twelve next season? Um, I feel like we have not talked a lot about the Houston's, Central Florida's, the BYU's, Cincinnati's. <laughs> Because remember, Cincinnati's losing Luke, yeah. Luke Fickle. He's he's off to Wisconsin. Houston's you know Scott they, Satterfield's the head coach at, at Cincinnati mm-hmm. now. Houston still has Dana Holgerson, who knows the Big Twelve pretty I, well. I think uh, they're losing Clayton Tune, and they weren't very good last year. They they're bizarro. Texas Houston is like Texas in twenty twenty one had one of the worst defenses in the country and drastically turned it around. Houston had one of the best defenses in the country in twenty one. They were horrible last year, and I don't see it getting a whole lot better. UCF is intriguing just because it's Gus Malzahn. It's 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 his offense. It, it works, and he's got a veteran quarterback pulling the trigger with John Reese Plumley, former uh, Ole Miss quarterback. Uh, defensively, what are they, what are they going to have? Uh, anytime you're recruiting from that state, you know you're going to have athletes. I, I would say if anybody, it, it's probably going to be UCF, but I have a hard time seeing any of those newcomers really yeah. breaking through and and competing for a conference championship this year. And see, after this conversation, as a Texas fan, you're thinking it should, it should without a doubt be Texas in the Big 12 championship, which is why if you don't reach it, reach Arlington, at the end of the year, it's a catastrophic player in Sark's year three, I think. Look, uh, I think I said this yesterday, and I said it on the Blitz. Uh, I said the same thing about the Tom Herman era going into that 2019 season. People ask me, hey, how do you think Texas is going to do this year? How do you think Texas will do this year? 
if, if they're not in the Big 12 championship game playing for a conference championship, it's not going to be because of talent. It's not going to be because mm-hmm. of depth. Uh, it's not going to be because they're just sorely lacking somewhere in the personnel department. It, it's going to be because of coaching. And I think that's where that's where I am with Texas right now. More, maybe more so now than I was. Like I told you yesterday, Cam, this is the first time in a long time that I felt like Texas has a chance to win a conference championship, and like I, I don't feel like I'm lying to myself. Yeah. Trying to, I'm, I'm not trying to talk, convi- talk into myself it. into it. Not trying to convince myself, but I really do feel like if Texas isn't there, then we'll we'll know where to where to point the finger. Yeah, because you you can look at you compare yourself to or compare Texas to the other schools in the Big Twelve. If you're going roster by roster. It's like you, you, you're going to pick Texas over every other roster in the Big 12 this year, right? No question. Exactly. And this is, this is one of the years where you would actually do it, yeah. And that's why, for me, if it's it's Big 12 championship game or bust. I, I'm with you, 100%. And, you, and if you want to argue it and say, like, hey, it's it's actually win the Big 12 and go to a, a New Year's Eve bowl, you can talk me into it. Yeah. But also, what I come back to, Jeff, is Texas has not been to the Big 12 championship game since 2018, only once since 2009. Uh, speaking of which, tr- teams trending down, big year for Dave Aranda at Baylor because a lot of that Matt Rule talent is gone. It, if it's not all gone, the, the, you've got the, the the last remnants of it. So can Dave Aranda get talent there and develop it the way Matt Rule did and get Baylor back on track. All right, we're up against it. Got to take a break. Come back, close out this edition on the other side of Light the Tower on the Horn, live local and digital on the Horn app at hornfm.com. All right, got a little breaking news before we get out of here. First off, we didn't get to the Daniel Cruz commitment. I'll get to that when I'm on with Chad and Cam today at 105. We'll talk all about Daniel Cruz, the newest Texas offensive line commitment, the newest member of the class of 2024. Cam, quick breaking news. According to our good friend Kendall Rogers of D1Baseball.com, Texas baseball is parting ways with pitching coach Woody Williams after just wow. one year with the program. Texas was 10th nationally in team ERA with a 4-1-8 this season. So wow. second offseason in a row, David Pierce is looking for a pitching coach. We'll keep you updated on that throughout the day. Stay locked into the horn. Obviously, stay locked into horns 24-7. Anything I get, I will report there as well. For the vacation in Craig Way, for Cameron Parker, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for listening. And we will be back tomorrow to light the tower on the horn, live local and digital on the horn app and at hornfm.com.